Well, tonight I'd like to speak to you for a few minutes about repentance. Now, let me, uh, let me encourage you to um, understand this tonight, that I will not hold you beyond 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Now, there's a, a humble preacher that's on WTYG at 8 o'clock, and you, you can tune into that, and you can hear a, a message tonight, and it'll be, it won't be the same message you're hearing right now, but uh, I encourage you to listen to and listen to the Lamp and Light Hour and, and all of the other good messages on WTYG. Was that good, Mark? Did I do all right on that? All right, it, it seems kind of odd not being able to see these. Who's that up there? I see somebody sitting up there. Who is that? Well, I see him up there. One, he's hiding out. There's a guy up there hiding out. Okay, amen, brother. All right, tonight, seven reasons for repentance. Uh, you see, I, I believe that repentance, the subject of repentance, is a much neglected doctrine in the pulpits of America today. And uh, in the world, uh, as, that, as we think of that, but some preachers and teachers say that repentance is not necessary when it comes to salvation. Some will even go so far as to say repentance was only for the Jews. Well, what does the Bible say? In Acts chapter 26 and verse 20, it says, But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. All through the Word of God, we see the, <coughs> excuse me, the word repentance. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Acts chapter 11 and verse 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Would you bow with me for prayer? Father, thank you tonight for this privilege. I pray tonight, Lord, that I would not be in the way, that your word would go forth with the force that you have intended. I know that your word will not return void. Uh, Father, I pray that if there be one here tonight that does not know you as Savior, may that person surrender their life tonight to you. For that saved person, Lord, who's looking for your will, may they look in your word and, Lord, with prayer, and studying your word, may they find what you have for them even this night. And Father, I commit this time to you, and may you be seen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's face it. Some preachers simply do not seem to know the meaning of the word repentance. Uh, they seem to shy away from it. And some will confuse people by uh, preaching and teaching when it comes to what I call basic Bible doctrine. And folks, this is basic Bible doctrine, the word repentance. Now, the word repentance in the New Testament relates to salvation for the unsaved and the acknowledging of sin for the saved person. Repentance means to change one's mind, to think differently. And we're going to get into that just a little more in just a few minutes. Repentance for the unsaved is not a way to work your way to heaven. Some people get scared when you start talking about repentance. I'm speaking of some preachers. They get scared. They say, well, you're going to tell people they've got to work their way to heaven. That is not true. Repentance has nothing to do with works. The person who repents, that person who comes to that saving knowledge says, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, and I need something in my life. I need to change something in my life. And then they realize they cannot change that. They cannot change anything in their life. 
Jesus Christ is the one who can change the person, the vile sinner, the dirty, rotten sinner, into a new person, a new creature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Repentance was the keynote of the preaching of John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus Christ preached repentance. Matthew 4, 17, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, not only did John the Baptist preach repentance, not only did Jesus preach repentance, but the apostles also preached repentance. Mark chapter 6 and verse 12, And they went out and preached that men should repent. We preachers sometime, and sometimes in giving definitions and giving a definition for repentance, leave out something very important. I personally believe this, that the greatest definition of repentance is this. Listen carefully. It is a gift of God. Repentance is a gift of God. To repent is something unnatural. Repentance comes from God. He gives us a choice. He unveils the truth to us who we really are and who He really is. He does this by His Word through the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 5 verse 30 and 31, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. How long has it been since you heard somebody on the street corner preaching something like that? How long has it been since you've heard someone on the television programs that some of you listen to? How long has it been since you heard someone says, Repent or perish? Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Acts eleven eighteen. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. God shows us through the Word, through His Word, who we really are and who He really is. Our mind has been changed when we decide to go God's way instead of our way. His way is for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now notice again in, 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 in Acts chapter 11 verse 18, it says, When they heard these things, they held their peace. And glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. When a person gets saved and when they repent, when they do what God has said, change your mind, you go my way, that is the way of life. The way of the world is death. The Bible teaches us that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways there is the ways of death. Man thinks he's all right until he gets into the book, until the Word of God goes forth, and God calls it to that person's attention that you're lost. You're on your way to the devil's hell. Acts chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. Now, we have the account of Paul the Apostle 
We know that he was on the road to Damascus when he got saved. And we know by reading the account that I'm getting ready to read here in Acts chapter 26, how that he was witnessing to King Agrippa and those people who were around. For the king knoweth, he says, of these things, before whom I speak freely. For I am persuaded that, uh, that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Well, Paul shares with King Agrippa here, and others present in Acts chapter 26, about his testimony, about his conversion on that road to Damascus. He asks Agrippa, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? Do you believe what they said in the Old Testament? And of course, Paul asked Agrippa this question because the prophets in the Old Testament told of a Savior who would come into this world. Behold, a virgin shall, shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 7, 14, God with us. And according to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, that's what Emmanuel means, God with us. You see, apparently, Agrippa was familiar with the Old Testament because of what Paul said in Acts 26, 27. He says, I know that thou believest. The answer that Agrippa gave Paul in verse 28 was a sad one. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I believe there's one example, and there's more than one example of repentance found in the Word of God. I believe there's one good one here that we read of in Matthew 21, verses 28 and 29. It says, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go to work. Go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented. He changed his mind, and he went. He repented. He changed his mind. And you see, when our minds and our hearts have decided to go God's way instead of our way, then we have had a change of mind. In an article, in the sword of the Lord, John R. Rice said this about repentance. He says, sometimes the preacher does not himself fully understand the plan of salvation. He thinks of salvation as a process. First, there is a period of conviction, then a period of repentance, then an act of faith. And he went on to explain this, that when one trusts Christ as Savior, he also repents. Well, what did he mean? John, Brother Rice was right. Faith and repentance are the same. Think about this. Faith and repentance are the same. They are not two separate decisions. One cannot trust Christ as Savior without repenting, changing his mind. One cannot trust Christ as Savior without faith in him to save. The very fact that he trusts Christ for salvation shows that he has changed his mind regarding sin, salvation, and God. Faith and repentance go hand in hand. Dr. Bob Gray, I believe he was here in, was it January? Dr. Bob Gray from Texas. When he was here, I let him read what I'm about to read to you because I wanted to make sure this is what he said. He said, that's it, right down the line. Now, I'm getting ready to quote something from Dr. Howells. I showed him, I said, 
uh, Brother Gray, not, not to embarrass you or anything, I said, but Brother Howells had more to say than you did on this subject. Dr. Bob Gray of Texas said, repentance means to change your mind. Change your mind, he said again. Change your mind about how you want to get to heaven, to what God says you've got to do to get to heaven. If you've got to repent of all your sins, you're still headed for hell tonight. And folks, you cannot remember every sin that you ever committed. There's no way that someone comes to this altar and, and lays down before the Lord and starts naming every sin that they've ever committed and hope that they're going to go to heaven. In fact, you may have heard that there are sins of commission. That means sins that you do purposely. And there's also sins of omission. Those sins that you don't even realize that you've done. This is the reason we needed a Savior to come from heaven and get us salvation through His shed blood. Dr. Jack Howells was exactly right, stating biblical about repentance. Repentance is not some silly, I'm sorry. Repentance is not simply a fear of God. Repentance is not a monk fasting and afflicting his body in a monastery. Repentance is not remorse because of sin's consequences. Repentance is not penance performed before the Pope as you kiss his big toe. I put the word big in there. I changed it around. Okay, big toe, okay? <laughs> Repentance is not being sorry for what I've done wrong. It is not confessing one's sins to a priest. It is not just conviction of sin. It is not signing of a pledge of abstinence. Repentance is that thing when you come before God and see yourself as you are and see Him as He is and say with Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am unclean. I am undone. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. That's what the person needs to say. And Dr. Harry Arnside, some of you don't, you've never heard of Dr. Harry Arnside, a great preacher. Repentance is the admission that I am as guilty a sinner as God hath declared me to be in his holy word. Now I trust this helps you to have a better understanding of what repentance is, a change of mind. Remember, I believe it goes hand in hand with the word faith. See, I thought you were going to talk about seven reasons for repentance. That's where we're going right now. That was the front porch. Okay, sometimes preachers keep us on the front porch so long that we forget that we're going inside. Okay, but I got news for you. When you stand on the front porch of some homes, you see inside, you get a little glimpse. And that's what I've tried to do here is give you a glimpse of what we're going to look at now. Seven reasons for repentance. First of all, God's Word commands it. Acts 17, 30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Man is without excuse. God says ignorance is no excuse because He has revealed to man what He needs to know about Him, and that's God. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and man is without excuse. There is no excuse not to know Jesus Christ as Savior. There is no excuse for a Christian not having things right with God. Romans chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. You say, well, I'll be asleep. No, you better not go to sleep. God's watching us tonight, and you read along with me as I read. Because that which may be known of God, and we start reading verse 19 of chapter 1 of Romans, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, 
For God hath showed, in, showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. No one, there's, there's no excuse for not knowing God, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Follow the science, they say. Do the things that I say to do, because I'm the smartest person in the world. I'm smarter than anyone else. I'm smarter than God. God says they're fools when they say that. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forevermore. People care more tonight about a dog or a cat than they do about a baby. It's aborted before it's born and even after it's born. People don't, uh, people don't realize that uh, they're killing kids, they're killing babies even after they're born today. They're taking the scalps of these, now I've mentioned this before, they take the scalps of these babies that have been aborted and they will sew those scalps onto the stomach of a rat, believe it or not, to see if there's some kind of something that happens there. They're doing tests. Remember, science knows best according to what we've, we've been told and we're being told. And God help these universities that are doing these, such, these certain things that are taking away human life. Who changes the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto, unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was beat. Homosexuals, they, them, binary, non-binary, yeah. pronouns, you say it my way or you're going to go to jail. And folks, it may be right around the corner that that happens, that people will go to jail. In, in fact, I believe it happened somewhere that someone made a mistake and they called someone something that they thought they were and they had them arrested. I'm not sure where that happened. I believe that happened and they sent that person to jail. We'd better start standing up for what's right. We better start backing God preaching, God fearing men of God who stand in the pulpit and preach the word of God. I thank God for my pastor who stands and he will not compromise the word of God. The first reason for repentance, God's, words command, God's Word commands it. The second reason for repentance is it's God's supreme desire. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to, uh, to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody in this world to go to heaven. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, John 3, 17. Jesus said this, I am the door. 
by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. John chapter 10 and verse 9. The second reason that there's repentance, there's a reason for repentance is it is God's supreme desire. The third reason for repentance is because of God's goodness. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Some have said this, and you may have heard this. Why is God so mean? Why is God allowing sickness and death that we are seeing in our world right now? Well, realize this, that, uh, that God is not the author of sickness. God is not the author of death. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men. Why? Because all have sinned. Now, don't blame Adam for your personal sin. You have an account to give to God one day. You're either going to give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, let me say this. No sin is going to enter into heaven. No sin is going to, I believe, no, no sin is going to be, as you stand there at the judgment seat of Christ, no sin will be there. But you will give an account of the things done in your body, whether you receive a reward or suffer loss. I believe that suffering loss will be those rewards that you could have received had you done what God wanted you to do as a Christian. And those crowns that you will receive are those things that you've done for the Lord. And He will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Another judgment will take place at the white throne judgment where only the unsaved will be. Jesus is the judge. Now He didn't come into the world to see people in hell. He came to see people saved. But at the judgment seat of Christ, we're saved. No question about it or we wouldn't be there. At the white throne judgment, he will look at that person and pronounce judgment and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Be cast into the lake of fire where the worm dieth not. The third reason for repentance is because of God's goodness. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering. Now notice this. Realize this. Man made a choice in the Garden of Eden. Man made a choice. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And Genesis 3, 6. Notice this. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. I believe this is the first time we see the woman wearing the pants of the family and the men wearing the panties. Men need to stand up today. We look and we see people in authority today, and the majority of them are women. Why is that? It's because men will not stand up for what's right in this world. They're a bunch of cowards. We need to stand up, men. And we need to take responsibility to see that this world hears about Jesus Christ. The answer to this world is the salvation that Jesus Christ offers. We need to stand up. I understand Brother Reuben likes snakes. I'm worried about him. Okay, we've, we've got to pray for Brother Reuben. Brother, did you realize that that's a serpent? 
and the old serpent got us in trouble. I'm praying for you that you'll get out of that. I'm praying for Lauren that, you know, she'll help you with this. You need help, brother, and I'm praying for you. I want you to know that tonight. Proverbs 11, 19 says, As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. Man has no one to blame but himself. Man has caused the chaos that happens in the world. Now notice this, the fourth reason for repentance. A change of mind leads to conversion. Conversion, sins blotted out. Past, present, and future. Acts 3.19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. The fifth reason for repentance, joy shall be in heaven. Luke chapter 15 and verse 7. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Luke 15, 10 says this, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Well, that's good news, but the best news is that that sinner repented and got saved. That sinner is now no longer on his, his or her way to hell, but they're now on their way to heaven. The sixth reason for repentance, without it, judgment comes. Well, why is this? Acts 17, 31, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Judgment is given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 4, he is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are, ju are, are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Young people need to be warned. They need to understand that one day they will stand before God. I remember a young man that came to our Christian school, not here, when I had the privilege of being a pastor, administrator, and so forth. This young man was, was an Eastern Indian child. He was about seven or eight years old. His father was a doctor. This doctor came to me and he said, I'd like for my son to come to your school. I talked to him a few minutes. I said, now do you realize that we have different views on heaven and different things like that about Christianity, about being saved, going to heaven? And uh, you look to Buddha and I know that he's wrong. I told him that. I said, Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. He says, I know all that. He says, but you've got, you know, I want him to have the best education possible. And I said, okay, now keep in mind that this young man had been in school somewhere else, in India or around, since he was two years old. Very smart, educated at that point. Well, this young boy 
We called him BJ. Now, I'm going to mention his name if his dad's watching. I don't know if his dad's around. I don't know. His name was Supermanium. Did you ever hear that name? Supermanium. The kids couldn't pronounce it. They called him Superman. So, VJ, he got saved. He asked Jesus to come into his heart. I rejoiced in the Lord that VJ got saved. Well, time went on, and, you know, uh, he, he kept learning and, uh, come, you know, we'd have chapel and all that. He kept learning. He was excited and everything. One day his dad came to me and he says, we've got to take VJ out of school. I said, what's wrong? What have we done wrong? What's going to, you're not satisfied with the education? He said, oh, no. He said, the education is fine. He said, but we have different philosophies. We have different views. And just before that young man left, he didn't leave that day. He came to school another week or so. I said, uh, VJ, have you been talking to your family? He said, yes. He said, I've been telling them about Jesus, about how to go to heaven, how to be saved. And, you know, I never did know whether the dad got saved or not. I talked to him a few times after that. But, you know, one of these days when I'm in heaven, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. And maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But I'll be walking along and someone will come up and take me by the hand and say, do you remember me? And I'll look, it'll be VJ. He's saved. And then I'll turn around and he'll say, this is my dad. He got saved because I got saved and led him to the Lord. Now, the last I heard, this young man was a doctor in Richmond, Virginia. The seventh reason for repentance, without it, people perish. Now, let me back up just a minute. And what I'm saying is this, your teachers are in, some of the teachers are in here. You stick with the word. You stick by the book. And you stick close to Jesus Christ. And you let Jesus Christ guide your life. And you guide the lives of those young people that you have responsibility of guiding. It's your responsibility to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord while they're here going through this school. Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. May you do as Jesus requested in Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's for the unsaved person. The saved person, there's a time in your life. There's a time when you need to repent, not to be saved. You don't repent to get saved, but because you are saved and you need to have your fellowship with the Lord restored. Repentance. You see, we can look to Psalm 51. A man after God's own heart wrote this. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 4. It says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him, after he had gone into Bathsheba. Have mercy upon me, O God. This can be for the saved person and the unsaved person. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly with, uh, from mine iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. 
Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Repentance, a change of mind, deciding to do what's right. One more thing. If you are not sure you're on your way to heaven tonight when you die, you see, repentance is this. It's when you realize this. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not that my Lord was crucified, knowing not that it was for me he died on Calvary. When you come to that saving knowledge, that next verse can be yours. By God's word, at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Amen. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty. Where? At Calvary. If you've come tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do not leave this building without Jesus Christ as your Savior. You can change your mind tonight and understand that you do not have to keep going your way. You can now go God's way through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You don't get better to get saved. You get saved to get better. You can't get better until you get saved. And in reality, one can begin living better only after he is saved. When the individual trusts Jesus Christ as Savior, he receives a new nature. One final thing. God shows us through his word who we really are. It's like looking into a mirror. We look into this book and God shows us who we really are. Our mind has been changed when we decide to go God's way instead of ours. God's way, once again, is Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's you. I've done it. Have you called upon the name of the Lord? Would you bow with me for prayer?